Good evening, and welcome to another edition of No Life's Paranormal Podcast, where three, now four, nerdy paranormal <laughs> investigators <clears throat> sit down and discuss spooky stories from the web and then discuss them later. My name is Joe. I'm the lead investigator. My name is Teresa, and I am the historian. My name is Alex. I am the now demoted to tech adept slash Baba Yaga enthusiast. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That will go with that. Fifteen-year-olds will really uh, knock you down a peg, won't they? Yep. So, we also want to introduce Brad O'Neill, who is a very awesome friend of ours and uh, one of the original members of No Lights Paranormal, where we got our name down there in Knoxville, Tennessee, which is the state we're doing today. Brad, say hello. Hello. And that was all. (laughs) Good job, Brad. Introduce yourself. Tell them where they can find you. Um... My name is Brad O'Deal. I am uh, a spooky ship enthusiast. Mm-hmm. I am also a tattoo artist in Maryville, Tennessee at Passion Fish. You can catch us on Instagram uh, at Passion Fish. Uh, my personal Instagram is at Bread, that is B R E A D underscore Inc. I am K underscore INC. Awesome sauce. We'll post that on the website. I will indeed <laughs> post that on the website, yes. So, um, yeah, we have uh, we have Brad joining us tonight because, as you guys know, we are doing the great state of Tennessee this mm-hmm. evening. And Tennessee uh, holds a whole lot of memories and a whole lot of experiences for us as paranormal investigators. <laughs> and we started things in Worcester, Ohio, uh, but it wasn't too many years before we moved down to Knoxville, and that is where we were for a good long while. And it was actually a spirit in that area who gave us our name in an EVP. So Brad was there with us that day, and today he has a story where he's going to tell you some stuff about a place that we actually physically investigated. But we have to wait on that because we're going to kick things off with Jeff. The one person who hasn't been to Tennessee. But that's okay. Uh, we love him anyway. But yeah. No, I'll start it off this week. Um, I Listen. When you have three people that are like, Hey, I lived in Tennessee. I researched this. I did this. I did this. And you're the only one that hasn't. There's a weird little bit of pressure that comes on you. You're like, <laughs> I got to find a story that they don't know about. Crap. Now I got to research all this stuff. So I decided to do it a little bit differently. I went with folklore instead of stories that we've heard from ghost hunting and all that. Okay. And I found one uh, called Spearfinger. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, it's a Cherokee legend. Um, upon just research a little bit on this, it, 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 it doesn't go all over the place like my normal stories do, mm-hmm. but it does actually have a lot entailing to it because sure. it's Cherokee legend and a lot of their old, or their old things that they do come from this legend. Um, but let me get into it. Uh, the Valleys of the Great Smoky Mountain is full of folklore and legends. And if you're looking for a great story to tell by the campfire, there's probably none more infamous than the Cherokee legend of Spearfinger. Legend has it as that Spearfinger is a shape-shifting witch with stone skin and a long obsidian knife in the place of one of the fingers in her right hand. She roamed the mountains between what would become western part of North Carolina and the eastern side of Tennessee. And they say, even though the Cherokee caught and destroyed her, you can still hear her shrieks and cackles through the mountains at night. Uh, Spearfinger had a taste for human livers, especially those belonging to the Cherokee children. 
Therefore, parents who Parents use the legend of Spearfinger to warn children to stay close to the village. In autumn, the Cherokee tribe would burn brush fires to clear the land so they could find fallen chestnuts for the winter. But Spearfinger would use these fires to locate their village. She would then come into the come in the guise of an old woman, uh, fooling Cherokee children into trusting her because she appeared to be a village elder, or in some cases, a grandmother, a mother, or an aunt. Uh, she would offer the brush to the. She would offer to brush children's hair until they fell asleep. Then she would stab them with a sharp finger through the back of the neck or the heart and withdraw their liver, which she would devour. Jesus, woman. Yeah, uh, she's described as having a mouth red with blood, and I'm not going to pronounce that name because I will butcher the hell out of it. Uh, but they called her a Cherokee name. It's like you, Ulanta or something like that. Yeah, Google chat, Google Voice didn't work with it. It didn't recognize it. Um, but it's the Cherokee name, which most sources say translate to She Had It Sharp. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, the monster also had a song that she sang as she moved through the mountains with her raven friends. Uh, and it literally translated to Liver, I Eat It. <laughs> it's a great song. Top All 20. Right. Uh, Top 20. <laughs> though she most often appeared as an old lady, she could be anything she wanted. For example... She may appear as another child, a friend, an animal. Uh, she made she was made of stone, so no weapon forged by man could stop her. Sounds like a Buffy the Vampire Slayer thing. Uh, her only weakness was her heart, which she carried in her hand <coughs> for protection. Uh, Spearfinger did have an enemy, as most many monsters do. That enemy was called Stone Man, who had stronger powers, eight livers too, so he wasn't exactly helpful to the Cherokee Nation. Uh... This is where a little bit of folklore comes in at, lore. Uh, she and Stone Man, Stone Man <coughs> excuse me, also had powers to move boulders and rocks. The story of Spearfinger says that they created a giant rock bridge through the air to travel from mountain to mountain, angering the higher beings who destroyed it with lightning. However, the remnants of the bridge remain visible today near the hunting ground near the White Side in Jackson County, North Carolina, which is far to the south, close to the Georgia border. But Spearfinger didn't limit herself to a single place. She moved through the mountains, <coughs> along streams, and through the Natahala Passes of western North Carolina. She frequently came to the Chilo, whatever that is, mountain, <laughs> and walked down the Little River, river in the Wallen and Blunt County, seeking out her prey. These people need to make simpler terms for their shit. <laughs> uh, Sp Spear Creature was a creature of stealth. She left no scars, even as she used her finger to draw out livers. It often took days for her victims to perish. Eventually, the Cherokee set a trap for Spearfinger, digging a deep pit and disguising it as you would a tiger's trap. Uh, they then set fire to attract the mountain witch's attention. Soon, an elderly woman came along, <coughs> excuse me, along the trail and fell into the pit. Revealing herself to be the old witch. The Cherokee warrior started loosening arrows at her, however, had no effect on the stone-like skin. Uh, she then taunted him, taunted them with her liver-eating song. Uh, yeah, that still just cracks me up. Uh, eventually, a, I think it's a titmouse, came and told the hunters to aim for the heart, but not knowing that her heart was, was in the figure's right hand. Uh, the... People aimed for the chest with little impact. When that didn't work, the hunters caught the titmouse and cut off its tongue. The bird was then known to the Cherokee as a liar. Although, in fairness, the titmouse sounds like a little bit of miscommunication. Uh, 
Finally, a chickadee came in and landed on the hand, which carried the heart. The hunters eventually severed her heart from her hand and put it into the witch, earning the chickadee a reputation among the Cherokee as a truth teller. Uh, meanwhile, the stone man kind of saw what happened to Spearfinger and took that as a warning to himself, but soon went back to his liver-eating ways. They also caught him and destroyed him. Uh, yeah, I just thought this, I mean, it's all folklore and all that. So, I mean, according but, to legend, <clears throat> she's gone. She's no more. But they're still saying they hear her That's creepy from shit. time to time. Uh, and it's, it's. I know I said North Carolina, but it's also in the Tennessee. It's like on a border in between both. Uh, Blount County is Tennessee. Yeah. yeah. So it's like in Blount. both. Yeah, exactly. That's where Brad lives. Oh, okay. So you might hear a shriek some night. Uh, but that's an old Cherokee legend and folklore of a story that I found. I thought it was actually really cool because, as you guys know, Indians mm-hmm. are all over that place. Though. Absolutely. Or Native Americans, Absolutely. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, there was uh, the, the uh, huge portion of the Trail of Tears actually run straight yes. down through uh, yeah. the Appalachian right there. So, And that's yeah. what this story went into a little bit. I'm like, oh, I don't want to get too far into it because yeah, it, it branches out Oh, yeah, you could go big. on forever about But yeah, that. supposedly that bridge that they built, is, the remnants of it are still there. Very cool. So you can go check it out. Um, you can look it up on the internet to find out where it's at because I don't know anything about the area down there. Very cool. Uh, but yeah, no, that's, I thought that was an interesting story. I thought it was kind of cool. And from talking to Alex earlier, when I told him about it, he's like, I've never heard of that. So I was yeah. like, cool, mission accomplished. No, I mean, uh, I've heard of a whole lot of Native American legends and more down there, especially Cherokee. Yeah. Um, but not that one. Yeah. And I, my, my relatives were never down there because I do have some Sioux in me and Blackfoot. Yeah. And they weren't really down there. That, that area, wasn't so. really the territory no. for them, yeah. So what about you, Brad? Have you heard about that one? Uh, I have not. See? So he or managed... Two, two for two. <laughs> or yeah. what? Or a titmouse. It's a type of bird. Uh, I said poor little titmouse. Oh, yeah, I know, right? Just a miscommunication, and he got his tongue chopped out. He was, he was texting it. That's why they didn't understand it. Right. Damn <laughs> <laughs> so, um, kids and their cell phones. Exactly. Exactly. But, yeah, that's my story, and now that I feel better that people from that area didn't actually know it. So I do. I that's a good story. Now, so. I like that a lot. Um, so I did the legend of Rotherwood Mansion. Um, I feel like Brad's heard of that one. I would sure hope so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brad, you're going to have to talk louder. Yes, yes. So, um, All right, how about that? That's beautiful. Better. Way better. So, in the late 18th century, a man by the name of Frederick Ross and his family were, they inherited about 2,600 acres worth of land that was uh, quite literally right beside where the north and the south forks of the Holston River split. Uh, so it ran, the, the land basically ran from like the Bays Mountain area uh, all the way almost to the Virginia border. Um, Ross ended up being a pretty accomplished man actually. He ended up becoming a pastor and at one point he actually laid plans Uh, for the entirety of the town that at that point was known as Rossville because obviously Ross, last name. Um, But then, of course, it became Kingsport. Um, Two words, and then one word, Kingsport. So, yeah, it is Kingsport, Tennessee now. Anyway, (coughs) I'm done. The family... Contagious. 
contagious, exactly. The family did own slaves, because that was just very, very normal for especially uh, rich families and especially plantations back in those days in Tennessee. I mean, you're talking about the very, very early um, 1700s. So, the cool part, though, is that Frederick Ross and his family were actually super awesome. Like, they treated these slaves amazingly well. They had really nice living quarters. They had all the food that they could need. They, you know, there wasn't, like, you know, blatant cruelty and beatings and crap like that. So, like, they were pretty awesome. Uh, and he also um, actually owned uh, four indentured white servants as well who were not actually treated any differently than the slaves. So he was just a good man. Um, so by 1818, uh, this absolutely beautiful plantation house had finally been finished. It, had, it has four massive, massive 30-foot high uh, columns across the front of the porch. It is made entirely of red brick, and it has these just gorgeous, thick wooden shutters on all of the windows, and there are like 80 bazillion windows in this mansion. It's gorgeous. Um, Frederick had a daughter by the name of Rowena. She was his oldest daughter, and she met a man, and she was going to get married, and she was super, super, super excited. So he decided that he was going to build an identical house that was literally the absolute identical to Rotherwood, only instead of red brick, it was white stone that it was built out of, and he built it right across the other side of the river, which literally would have been on the banks of the river where we were sitting at that little park when I was staring off at the river that day. So, long yeah, story man. short. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, Rowena and her soon-to-be husband were going to end up you know, marrying and moving into that home so that she could stay close to dad because the family was super tight. Whitestone, got it. Exactly, mm -hmm. Whitestone. You got it. And... So everything was great. Everybody was happy. That mansion started getting built. It was almost finished. Um, and then, you know, the day came up when it was time for Rowena and her husband to be to get married. So she had everything just right. The mansion was decorated just as gorgeous as it could possibly be. It was dripping with flowers, dripping with, you know, pretty tapestries and all kinds of beautiful, beautiful Southern stuff. Sass. Exactly. It was gorgeous. And so this was the evening prior to the wedding. So, of course, as boys do, her groom-to-be and all of his buddies decided that they were going to go out and take the boat into the Holton River, um, Holston River, sorry, and do a little bit of fishing the night prior to the wedding. That was not what I thought you were going to say, but all right. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Well, you know, they were good Southern gentlemen. They didn't get into any shenanigans. They were just going to go fishing. Okay. Well, the Holston River is incredibly well known for having very, very horrible currents and undertows. Unfortunately, the boat flipped, and three of the four fellas made it out and back to the shore. Her husband, however, was never found. They didn't even find his body later on. He was just gone, swallowed up by the depths of this river. So, obviously, she was absolutely devastated. The whole family was devastated. It was awful. They, they were super looking forward to this whole union. Because, um, you know, back in the day, rich people had, like, dowries and shit, right? So it was, it was a thing. That means money. Exactly. And land and horses and whatever. 
So she she spent about two years just in absolute mourning, basically just walking around doing absolutely nothing. She stayed in her father's home, and that ended up being a good choice because just a few months after the mirror image home was finished that she was supposed to move into, uh, it suddenly caught fire and burnt to the ground. And they don't have any idea what started the fire. Every it's time. gone. So after about two years, she, she, she finally started kind of coming out of her room and she met another man and she decided that she was going to try this, this love thing one more time. So she marries this man and everything is beautiful. Uh, they're not even married for two years and he dies of yellow fever. Oh, okay. So she goes back into mourning. This time, this poor woman is in mourning for more than 10 years before she finally decides, you know what, maybe third time's a charm, let's give this another go. <laughs> so she meets this awesome rich man who she absolutely loves, she marries him, uh, she has a daughter, they're married for six years. Um, everything, beautiful. yeah, everything is beautiful, everything is beautiful at this point. So for their wedding anniversary, they decided that they were going to return to Rotherwood to see her dad. Uh. Uh, who obviously still own the property and live there. So they go, and they get there, and, you know, they're hanging out, and they're having a great time, and her dad was so incredibly ecstatic about the idea that he was a grandfather, and he, he welcomed them in, and they had a big party, and everything was phenomenal. Well, at some point during the evening, uh, Rowena actually claims that she heard... Her first would have been husband, her true love, her soulmate, calling from the water's edge, calling to her. So she attends the little shindig, and at night, you know, everybody gets ready and goes to bed. She slips into her original wedding dress, walks down the trail into the river, and is never seen again. Drowns herself in the river. <coughs> Sounds like a chick I'd date. Right? Uh, leaving her husband and her father Red and her daughter uh, incredibly grief-stricken and heartbroken. Um, after this, her her dad unfortunately has a, a several years of really nasty bad luck and financial situations that just got out of hand and, and out of control. And finally it gets to the point where he just absolutely cannot even afford to keep the mansion or the grounds anymore, despite the fact that it's farmed, yeah. despite the fact that it is drawing its own money, there's just not enough. Well, he had this gentleman who was working for him. Um, this guy was actually his the overseer, who was kind of like the guy who was in charge of all the different things that would go on on the estate itself like he took care of like the slaves and he took care of you know yeah. making sure that the harvest got done and all, all sorts of stuff like that this guy was also his bookkeeper so this is interesting because this man was an awful 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 man by all accounts he was one of the cruelest human beings you'd ever want to meet he was bad and it just so happened that money management was not good. The mansion was losing money. The estate was losing money. Um, Ross, at this point, is basically, you know, losing literally everything. 
And the only man who can possibly afford to save the place is this man named Joshua Phipps. Saving it with the money he took from the place. That's Enron exactly shit. right. Yeah. yeah. Saving it with the money he friggin' stole. Yeah. So, Shista. knowing what kind of a man Phipps was, um, Ross decides that, you know, there there are certain certain amounts of slaves that have basically paid their dues over the years. So, before he gives everything up and hands it all over to Phipps, he releases as many of them as he can. He says, you know what? You're free. Get out of here. Go live your life. Yeah. And they do, and, and they go, and it's it's fantastic, and they're they're fine. Um, interesting little tidbit to this story, Diana Ross, because Mr. Ross was such a fabulous man, and he was so very good to his slaves, Diana Ross's family took the last name Ross. Hmm. Her great-grandparents were this man's slaves. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm, yeah. So, very interesting. Um... Interesting, interesting. So, finally, he's done everything that he can do. He's released as many of the slaves as he can possibly (laughs) release. He packs up his shit, and he moves on, leaving the estate, the mansion, all of it, to Phipps, Mm -hmm. who is absolutely (laughs) the most evil and horrible human being he could have possibly left it to. So, this man basically rules this place with an iron fist. He builds cells in the basement that these people have to live in. And he, you know, makes like 30 people live in one small hut in the yard. And he increases labor to where he's like every day, all day. Oh, you didn't eat? Tough shit. You don't get to. Well, this man also walked around the property with um, a very, very large black dog that was his personal guard dog. Yeah. And he would sick this dog on people that just randomly because he was a dick. Please tell me this guy had a bloody death. So, no. Unfortunately, he did not have a bloody death. Uh, Because he was rich. And he owned a bunch of shit. And nobody could touch him at this point. Things happen. So, with all of that said, uh, he finally, uh, he dies. Okay, fine. (laughs) And the mansion is going to end up getting sold to other people. It actually ends up sitting sitting completely unoccupied for many, many years before it becomes a historical marker and is actually bought by a woman who's owned it for the last 40 years and she is taking amazingly good care of it and she's a fabulous lady. Uh, this is not a place that you can go investigate. Uh, she does not allow that. Uh, this is the spirit's home and she wants for them to stay there. Let them rest, I get it. Right. But there are slaves on the property there is a woman in white who they believe is Rowena in her gown. There is a man down by the river who calls for Rowena, who they, of course, believe was her to-be husband. Um, her father, supposedly, is on the grounds in some form. Um, and then there is a very, very dark black spirit who does all kinds of horrible things, pushes, pulls, scratches, bites, you name it, and he has been spotted wandering the grounds with a massive black dog with glowing red eyes. Who, at one point, true story, in the 40s, this place went um, and they were doing total renovations, like fixing things back up, putting it back to like original. And this group of uh, construction guys came in 
And they actually ended up quitting the, the very same day that they started because dudes were in the house and they see this man, this horrible black shadowed man with this big, huge dog. And he gets this nasty grimace on his face and he points at the construction worker. And this dog comes hauling ass out of this room down this hallway and chases this construction worker guy clean out to his truck and even jumps on the truck where he could actually hear like its paws slam into the truck. Dude, of course, fucking shit his pants and left and never ever came back. No. And they were like, yeah, not happening. Bye. We're out. From what I know of a lot of construction workers, they wouldn't deal with that shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Um, so, yeah, un- unfortunately, this place went from being a phenomenal haven for everyone who lived there and everyone who loved there and just tragedy after tragedy after tragedy now it's just this dark horrible scary place owned basically by a spirit who just hates everybody and will do anything he can to make your life shit huh. sounds like they fucked with the Baba Yaga they fucked with the Baba Yaga <laughs> So yeah, that is the story of Rotherwood Mansion. Alright. Dig it. I still wish he would have met an untimely, horrible, gruesome. That would have been phenomenal. Yes, maybe his own dog ripping him apart or something. That would have been pretty fabulous, actually. But yeah, so that's my story. Mm -hmm. So crazy shit, crazy shit. So Alex is actually going to skip story time so that we can keep within our hour. Um So with that said, we are actually going to turn over. Brad prepared a story for us. So, Brad, why don't you tell us your story? All right. Am I loud enough? You are fine, yes. Fantastic. All right, so my story is about a place called the Newport Memorial. Well, we call it the Newport Memorial Building. It's actually called the Cock County Memorial Building. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's was it's a play it's it still stands uh it's not open to the public at the moment uh but it is in newport tennessee which is roughly maybe an hour hour and a half from here i think mm-hmm. from where i live here in maryville could be completely wrong on that probably it. but <clears throat> so this building was built in the 1930s. Uh, I've heard, I've read conflicting things saying 1930, 1931. And uh, the building was open to the public and served the Newport community for nearly a century before it was closed to the public. Um, couldn't find when it closed to the public, but I would assume it was shortly after all of the bullshit went down. Mm, yeah. Um, little tidbit about the place. It has been owned and operated by the veterans with the American Legion Post 41 for most of its history. And uh, the only reason this building actually still gets use is them using it for meetings and storage. So, <clears throat> the reason why this place is haunted, or allegedly haunted, well, yeah, it's on we'll it. We'll get to that. Yeah, we'll, 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 get, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> I mean, you um, can say it. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I, I, I am a skeptic. 
like I believe, but I am skeptical about what I believe, and I am skeptical about like places being haunted. It's like, okay, uh, no, that was a pipe, or that was a dog, or something. Um, this place it wasn't a pipe, was it? <laughs> <laughs> so on July 9, nineteen sixty-four, United Flight eight twenty-three departed from Philadelphia. Uh, under clear skies with 39 souls on board, that's passengers and crew. Mm -hmm. And it was on its way to Knoxville. Um, and as you can probably guess, because this is a ghost story, it didn't make it. Uh, right. Around 6.02 in the p.m., ground control received its very last transmission from 8.23. Uh, from all accounts, they didn't say anything outlandish like, oh, you know, we're dying. At 6.13, the flight disappeared from radar, and right around 6.15, the flash crash, words are hard, mm -hmm. the plane crashed into a hillside in Parrotsville, which is home of approximately some of the world's parrots. And that is about 10 miles northeast of Newport. So not too close, but not too far either. You know, especially when you take into account that back in the 60s, Newport was maybe 7,000 people. Mm -hmm. So um, the four crew members and 34 of the 35 passengers died on impact. Um, there was one passenger that died in a completely separate impact after jumping from the plane sometime before it crashed. Um, they were able to determine certain things from this man's body, such as the there was a massive fire in the cabin because he had burns all over him. Um, there was some kind of like, uh, they didn't say, like everything I've read sa says that it wasn't an accelerant, uh, that he was covered in, but he was covered in something mm -hmm. which could have contributed, could not have contributed. They don't really know. So, according to a report published by the Civil Aeronautics Board two years after the crash, um, several eyewitnesses saw Flight 823 flying at a really low altitude with smoke trailing behind it or out of it. Uh, so, obviously, you know, fire. There are some people that speculate bomb, but um, that that's more in the conspiracy theory end of yeah, things. I actually heard that rumor also, but I don't believe they actually found any evidence of a bomb. No, no. They, they, the prevailing theory now is that it was not sabotage um, because there's just not enough evidence to support it. Yeah. Um, but it's still, like, they still have no idea what really caused it. So, um, back to the Newport Memorial Building. Uh, there was not a morgue big enough within uh, the area that the plane crashed mm -hmm. that they could store these bodies until they could be sent home, examined, etc. You know, ident so, identified, even though identifying was a huge deal. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, 
Um, I don't know if they commandeered or if the American Legion was like, hey, yeah, bring them on over. Yeah. Uh, they ended up using the, the gymnasium of the building to, uh, to house all of these bodies, body parts, while they put pieces back together, identified who they could, and um, you gotta think, this was also 60, what did I say, 64? Yeah. Uh, yeah, 64 in a small town, there was no air conditioning in this building, mm-hmm. right in the middle of a hot July summer, so it was bad. miserable. Yeah, bad. Um, and uh, so there are a lot of theories that uh, this place is haunted because of that particular yeah. incident. There are um, reports of a child in the attic, a um, some some spirit that I haven't heard, like a, maybe like a lady in white. I think is. If, if memory serves, I didn't actually make a note on that because I'm only dumb sometimes. <laughs> but, um, so, and it's in the basement. And Alex and I have a story about that basement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because we are, Alex we and I got stuck in the building wiring <laughs> it up all by our monsters. <laughs> we have stories about more than just the basement, Brad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've heard those stories oh, yeah. so many times. <laughs> so many stories. So, um, as a point of interest with all of the conspiracy theory nonsense, but um, there, um, one of the prevailing um, conspiracy theories is that because there were four doctors, all uh, they all had something to do with blood, mm-hmm. uh, like uh, blood research and blah blah blah. Yeah, these people were trying and, to cure some serious bad stuff. Yeah. And they, at least one of them, they know one for sure, they speculate that the other three were going to this conference in Oak Ridge, mm-hmm. which, or anybody who doesn't know what Oak Ridge is, that's, you know, where, like, the new, United States nuclear program originated. Yeah. It's where the atom bomb was built. Literally, yeah, the atom bomb yeah. was built there. Beautiful stuff. Exactly. Uh, and the Oak Ridge boys are from there, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Show my edge on that one. But, fun fact, a buddy of mine just recently bought all of their touring sound equipment. Oh, very cool. And just because he collects shit like that. I love that. I want to be that rich. Right? <laughs> well, he, he's not rich. I, I think he, I, I don't know how he got a hold of it for such a good deal. Uh, because he's just he's a brewer mm-hmm. so he's not like rolling in the dough or anything like that um, he could not be you know accused of having affluenza <laughs> <laughs> so but anyway the, the theory is that the, the, they had some kind of documentation that could have put Oak Ridge out of business yeah. because of like environmental hazards and, and um, hazard to the community itself. All of the paperwork that was found from these doctors was confiscated by the FBI and never seen again. Yeah, which is just suspicious all on its own, really. 
Exactly. And uh, as a, another little fun note, there's a show on Travel Channel called The Ghost Brothers where they went in, did an investigation, and had um, came up with some EVPs and ghost box, I think it was a ghost box, responses that led them to believe that it was sabotage because one of the spirits was claiming to be murdered. Uh, don't know how they were murdered, but they know that they were murdered. Yeah, no, actually, I saw that episode um, as well, and it was phenomenal. We actually got to yeah. uh, do a meet and greet at Paris Icon this year at Mansfield Reformatory uh, here in Ohio uh, with the Ghost Brothers. We got our picture taken with them and stuff. It was fabulous. Awesome. Yeah, we I, have um, I, I just remember watching that show and going like, Hey, 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 I had a similar experience. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, that happened to me too. Holy shit. <laughs> it was like a trip down memory lane. I was so excited. I was just sitting there like on the edge of my bed because I watched it in my bedroom. I'm just like, oh, they awesome. shitted and grin on my face, you know. And did you know that we were actually only the second paranormal group to ever investigate that building? I knew that we were one of first. Yes. I couldn't remember if we were the first or not. Yeah, we were actually the we... second. But who obviously, was... since us. Who was the first? I think that it was, uh, gosh, Tri C Paranormal? No. We got in before they did. Because they actually investigated with us. No, not that. Not those guys. There's a bigger group called Tri C Paranormal who actually has done, like, all kinds of crazy stuff. Um,. And I can't for the life of me remember their names, <laughs> like the individual people's names. Anyway, um, not the people we worked with. The people we worked <laughs> with, I think, were also called Tri-C, weren't they? Yeah, the other Tri-C is in Ohio. They would not be there. Well, I could have swore, because that's what I had read. Oh. Anyway, either way, point to the story is we may well have been the first group. I'm not sure. Uh, as far as investigation groups that I know of, we were the first group. However, yeah, the place was investigated before we got there. Uh, if you'll remember, way back in the day, right about the year 2000, MTV had a show called Fear. Oh, I remember that show. Oh. That was a good show. Where it was like cutting-edge technology yeah. when they first had basically the equivalent of GoPros, but they were more like giant strap suits with well, yeah, video sure. cameras. Yeah. Uh, so MTV yeah. Fear was there. That's really cool. Really cool. So, yeah, there you have it. MTV Fear was, was there before us, too. and then we were the first actual paranormal group. And correct me if I'm wrong, I don't mean to cut anybody off here, but wasn't there a story, and I wish I would have saved it because in my research, wasn't there a story of somebody that was put to death in Tennessee and they cursed the town, like, prophecy-like? That's Bill Witch. Yeah, you're thinking That's Bill Witch. Witch? That's okay. Bill Witch. Okay, I remember reading that, and I was like, wasn't there somebody that said that it would end a world war or something like that? That's the Tennessee Baba Yaga. Yeah, okay. The, okay. It, literally the Tennessee Baba Yaga is the Bell Witch, yeah. Okay. That was, uh, oddly enough, the Bell Mead Plantation. Hmm, okay. No, just, when you said the, the nuclear bomb and all that, that's what reminded me of that. So. Yeah. Oh, I wanted to just throw a little side note in there as well. It was actually... Um, it was actually stated that as of February 27th of 2003, uh, Cow County Memorial Building is actually going to be turned into a women's housing facility. 
Oh, that's going to be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wish you could have seen all the crickets that were happening when you said that. Yeah, construction I think all has, of us had the same thought. Like, uh, <laughs> Construction has not started yet, but uh, the owner uh, has a construction background, and he is taking bids on construction companies to start the project. When was that? 2013? 2023. February 27th. You, you said, said 2013. Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. 2023. February 7th of this year. I was about to say, well, obviously it's taken a long time, so they must have... I was going to say, I think Ghost Brothers is more recent than that, so yeah. clearly February that February 27th happened of 2023. Uh, it says, the architect has not yet started the construction documents phase, meaning he doesn't even have all the permits and stuff that he needs, but it's happening. So, what if we could get in there one last time? My God, before, that'd be amazing. God, do it. Heck yeah, in a heartbeat. Oh yeah, in a heartbeat. Look, I have to see her enough and hear these two tell stories of like <laughs> yesteryear of when they were doing all this and all that. I'm like, I didn't know you then. I want to go. <laughs> well, well, Bradley and possible co-founder of No Lights Paranormal South. Um, yeah. I'm going to leave it up to you to find out whether or not you can get us in there one last time. Let's see what happens. Alright, I will uh, I will look at some stuff and make some phone calls. I love it. And uh, Yeah, we'll see what we can't get wrong. Because like I said, I've, I've got people that I work with um, that want to get in on this. My brother wants to get in on this. My wife wants to get in on this. Heck yeah. So... So um, we'll take the drive and we'll bring all of our equipment with us, which we have a lot more these days than we had back then. You guys got a bigger yeah, group um, than we do. <laughs> yeah, we got three. <laughs> I have, I have a cell phone. Oh, uh, my boss, the guy who owns the shop I work at, has yeah. a, what is it, a Super 8 camera. Oh, those are awesome. I have one too, a Sony. S um, same one so, we use at the Hall's house. Yep. So, um, yeah. We might be able to bring that out. We can get some like old school film because if uh, Alex and I actually had this conversation the other day about digital versus um, analog. Mm -hmm, yep, mm -hmm. we've had that conversation and before. I actually bought how, it. Yeah, how it, how it affects uh, hunting or if uh, potentially. Effect, it, it, I guess the idea is you know how does the magnetic energy record on it and. Could we potentially be doing ourselves a disservice with the back noise, with yeah, yeah the the digital stuff these days? So an experiment coming on. Oh yeah, yeah. So I already bought a recorder. It's an old like video cassette recorder or uh, tape cassette recorder yeah. that has actually no noise cancellation and all that. So yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna see what happens with that for sure. But yeah, I mean, I will take the drive. We will bring our equipment. But you know what? I'm crashing in your living room, dude. That's cool. Cool. Um, I have a big enough house now, so. I love it. I love it. <laughs> and for those of you out there who don't know, that's what Ghost Hunters do is we sit around and compare equipment. Basically. <laughs> it's sort of it's like, like a dick measuring yeah, contest. It's like, I have now. this. Well, I have this. Well, I have this. <laughs> I got two fleers, motherfucker. They're not video, though, so. Yeah. <laughs> but but we share. We share because we, we, we all love each other, so yes. But yeah, oh my gosh. Uh, so yeah, being we do still have actually a little bit of time, um, the Hall's House, where we got our name. Um, we should totally talk about that. Oh yeah. 
Uh, we need like you guys need to do like an episode, like an episode special where I come back and we just swap stories and tell stories about what happened at Cop County. I uh, oh my god, I love it. I'll have to MC that one. Yes, <laughs> I mean twenty five is coming up. Yeah, there I, you go. I, I, re- I really feel like we have like an hour's worth of material just bullshitting at, about at that least, place. At least, at least hour. Literally the most haunted place I've ever been in my life. But anyways, yes, Same. the Hall's House. Yes, the Hall's House, actually. So, so who in the world was it who first introduced us to the Hall's House and told us to go out there? Was that... False prophets. Was that was that the oh, false cool. fetus and foodus? All right. What? So, oh God, I completely <laughs> forgot about those fucking nicknames. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so um, I'm not going to uh, use any, any actual names. Wait, we'll just call them Fetus um, and Foodus. It's cool. No, it wasn't those two. Well, it was. Yes, it was. It, it, it was, was one of them. Uh, no, so, it was both of them. Okay, no. so I'm, I'm going to use names. I just want to use last names. Um, okay. So I grew, grew up with a, this guy named Craig. He, uh, his, he and his family lived right across the road from what was the Hall's house. Okay. Uh, they they knew the family, blah, 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 before the old, you know, the old folks died. And I, re- I received a visit from said Craig mm-hmm. with a video camera, and he plugs it up to my TV and says, check this out. And I was kind of suspect at, about it, like, from the get-go, because the whole thing, like, the video was recorded in negative. Yeah. Yeah, you don't do that. Yeah, his excuse was I couldn't figure out how to turn it off. Whatever. Mm -hmm. That's what she said. So we're (laughs) so we're walking around, or he's walking around, looking in windows, and then all of a sudden he turns and like points the camera at the at the barn. Yeah. And just like fucking figure walks by and then peeks his head back out. Well, and I I have. I have to say, the first time I saw that, I was creeped out. I was like, what the fuck was that? Yeah, I was excited because (laughs) I didn't think that Craig would do me that way. I guess, you know, practical jokes being what they are. (laughs) Um, I call up Alex and Teresa, and I'm just like, no, I'm not that guy. This motherfucker's got to get down here. I have something for you. (laughs) That was pretty accurate, actually. Yeah, like... Literally, like, you guys made record time to my fucking house that day. <laughs> but I think Alex, well, actually, this was before energy drinks, so Alex couldn't have drank a Red Bull to get here. But, um, <laughs> nah, bro, we had a uh, monster rockstar, or rockstar fruit punches back then. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, I was about to say Rockstar yep. was a big one back then. Here we are out. again, showing our age. Yeah, I had about, I think, 14 cans that day on my uh, cubicle in Elevon. Wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> that was the day I think I almost killed myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, they make record time. Uh, I show them the video. They get excited, <laughs> too. And it's like not like one of those like well let's set up and go like you know on such and such day. They were like no we're getting all getting in the car right the fuck now and we're going. <laughs> yep. And we went to the Hall's house several times I believe. Yeah. Uh, because we didn't catch anything the first time. Yeah we didn't. We, like we all. We it, it wasn't much that we got but we did. So the first time was the time that we actually got the uh, EVP. The second time we went back, we went back with Ostrosia. Oh, 
Cooper. It's like, well, how did Jesse? Because Jesse was there. He got involved. And Kevin. No, Jesse wasn't there. No, Jesse he wasn't there. I, I, but like, I just I remember very clearly like us sitting there. It was me, Teresa, and I guess Craig were back at the car while Alex and was it, it was Ryan was there. Ryan, right? yeah. Uh, we're still in the bar. We're just sitting there chilling, bullshitting. We got the pay, uh, the you know recorders going. You hear us just bullshitting about yeah. Life we were. In general. We actually had the hatch on my uh, on my car open, and we were sitting in there. Yeah, and, and actually, all of a sudden, <laughs> the lights in the car go out. Yeah, the flashlights go out, and uh, unbeknownst to us at the moment, the uh, camera lights went out. Uh, yeah, so if the camera's in the bar. You hit in the recording, that's going like, that's weird. Lots of <laughs> No, mild correction. <laughs> Ryan and our Ryan and I were still on our way to the barn. Right? Yeah, they hadn't actually gotten to the barn <laughs> yet. They were on the uh, concrete path leading we, up to the door. We stopped about three quarters there because the lights went out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then like you got like you hear like them radio us, and like yeah, uh, we're coming back. Light, you know, lights on the camera's not working. Yeah, we're blind. So we can't we see nothing. Back to that night, like you just like right before it all happens, you hear us sitting there bullshitting, and you just hear clearly, clear as fucking day, an old lady's voice saying, "No lights." Yep. Hmm. Yep. Clear as a bell. Wait, how far were you away from where they were? Probably a solid three hundred and fifty uh, feet ish. Nah, good seventy-five yards. Well, even still, even that, so, that's, that's yeah, a large it, area. It was, it was two, two fifty feet, like yeah, it about seventy five really yards. Just, yeah, that's. It wasn't terribly far, but it wasn't. Long. It was most of a football field. Yeah, it was the well, distance yeah. between because we had parked right beside what used to be the carport of the house, uh, and they were clear down at the barn. So I mean, it was a reasonable distance. No, even still, in that yeah. reasonable distance, short of area. Normally, when the lights go out, it only happens. One or two things, or something like that. Exactly. Not, not almost a half a football field. Yep. Shit. She shut off all the lights. <laughs> Alternatively, that she was all fucking Yeah, she yeah. was not. Alternatively, that was also the second time that happened that night. Because if you remember yes. when we were first going through the house, uh, oh yeah, we were we did have a little bit of trouble. With the I think it was you that was right behind me, and we were walking towards like the back bedrooms down that hallway, so like three quarters of the way down the hall, the light shut off. We had actually yeah, gotten yeah. two EVPs same that EVP. night saying no lights. Huh. Uh, there, yeah, there were two. Uh, same exact thing, same exact voice. It was most definitely the lady uh, who said it both times. Um, yeah, she just she just wanted us to shut the lights down. We were just a bunch of kids messing up her even, you know. And that's why we don't use lights now. <laughs> right. And that's how we became uh, No Lights Paranormal, because... She, she gave us our name. And then a higher investigation came from a fake video. Exactly. The yeah. Yes. Yes. Tell them about that, Brad. How the entire thing was bullshit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <coughs> like, like six months later, Craig's like, oh, by the way, that, that whole video was fake. I was like, you know, like, thinking back on it, I kind of figured, but, like, it was right? good enough to, like, get us all together and go and actually fucking discover, yeah. you know, that the place was really, like, on it. Sometimes yeah. bad things create good things. So <laughs> yeah, so the video was horseshit, but I mean, you know what? That lady was there, and that place was awesome. That barn though was like 
there was something unfriendly in that box. I agree, especially in the back area where the milking uh, <clears throat> stalls used to be. And see, that's amazing to me because you said earlier that you're a skeptic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I like, <clears throat> like, yeah, you could just like, like, so walking around the property and stuff, it's like, you know, it's not really like heavy atmosphere. It's just like, you know, you're outside, it's on my. Yeah, it's like whatever we're in the country. Yeah, you get closer to that barn, though, it's just like, you start getting uncomfortable. Agreed. And that, you know, I could, you know, chalk it up to creepy old barn in general. Yeah. Uh, because, yeah, it's a fucking creepy barn, the middle of the goddamn night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, like, you get, like, you step foot in that barn, it's just like, something wants to harm you yeah. in that barn. Um, I want to test it. Which it kind of it kind of makes me wonder if there's any kind of like activity going on with the people who live in the houses because they tore all the property down. Yeah. Subdivision. Yeah, like a housing allotment. Yeah. So that's really unfortunate. I am super curious. Maybe that's something else (laughs) that you might check out while you're uh, you know hanging out. Yeah, yeah, I'll have to do that. Just reach out to the individual people. Send some, like, random letters to to the houses in the area or something. Yeah, one podcast, two jobs come out of it. There you go. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that'd be be pretty neat. I mean, they may not respond to you, but... Yeah, there's some serious shit going on with that. Exactly. I mean, some people are probably just going to throw the letter away, but, you know, what if one person answers you and they're like, yep, this, this shit's creepy? Yeah. Yeah, I'll have, to, I'll have to do that. I'll have to find out the name of the neighborhood and stuff like that. I'll, I'll probably get that off Craig. Because as far as I know, he still lives in that house. Oh, no kidding. So, yeah. Very cool. Either way, so, uh, we are running up on our hour mark. So... First off, we would like to thank Brad very yes. much for joining us from Tennessee. Anytime, anytime. One more time, plug your socials. All right, so you can find the studio that I work at temporarily because we're actually going to be changing the name soon. Uh, Passion Fish Tattoo and Piercing in Marable, Tennessee. Uh, at Passion Fish on Instagram. Uh, you can find us on Facebook as well. Um, you want to look at my portfolio, uh, which contains not only my tattoos, but some of my just other artwork in general, uh, at bread, that is B-R-E-A-D, as in this bread on this sandwich is fantastic, <laughs> underscore I-N-K, underscore I-N-C. Love it. So, bread, eat, eat. Love it. All right. Awesome. Well, again, Brad, thank you so much for joining us and our listeners out there. Of course, as always, thank you so very much. We were super excited to go to Tennessee this week. Uh, And um, we actually have next week available, too. Uh, What are we doing next week? Um, crazy. What do you mean we have next week available? We always have next week available. Right. That's so, what I'm saying. <laughs> it's a weekly podcast. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. What are we doing next week? Next week is Oklahoma. Really? Where the wind comes sweeping down the place. Yes, indeed. Absolutely. That was Green Acres. 
I know, that's what it reminded me of. Oh, neat. Okay. <laughs> You've insulted Oklahoma before we even got there. Right. What's <laughs> just happened? Holy shit. All right, this is going to be a good episode. I'll follow the Baba Yaga. Oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> so, with, with all of that said, uh, join us here next week to talk about Oklahoma. Um, in the meantime, I hope that you are enjoying... Uh, everything that we're doing, and I'm hoping to have a lot more guest speakers, and of course have Brad with us several more times. And uh, yeah, don't forget to visit us at No Lights Paranormal at Facebook.com, No Lights Para on X, formerly known as Twitter. Nope, it's No Lights Ghost on X. No Lights Ghost. You I'm keep forgetting so that. sorry. That's because I originally set it up the other way. Yeah. My bad. Uh, this is why I don't use Twitter. Um, and well, and does. then of course you can, exactly. You can email us at nolightsparanormal at gmail.com. We would absolutely love to hear from you. Oklahoma, you've done it. You got your listener count up, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. So just as a shout-out, if there are any issues with audio levels, we do apologize. We have all of our equipment currently being shipped, so uh, we should have that fixed up pretty soon. Really soon, yes. (laughs) Oh, and... Let's not forget that September 30th is a National Paranormal Investigation Day or Ghost Hunting Day. Uh, the world's largest ghost hunt. Yes, the world's largest ghost hunt. So hopefully you are all doing something that day, even if it is just, you know, going to your crazy uncle who swears he's got a ghost house, whatever. Uh, we, however... You you just described all of us. All of us, every single one of us, <laughs> I know. Going to my crazy uncle's house. So we are actually going to be in downtown Wadsworth on the square doing a uh, paranormal um, and historical tour uh, in the city of Wadsworth. So we would absolutely love it if you guys would join us. We do not have specific times yet, but I promise you that is coming. Yes, that will also be remedied. And simultaneously broadcasting a live podcast. So we'll see how that, how that goes. Our very first live podcast. Oh, God. Gonna be a busy day. Yay. So, we love you all. We'll see you in Oklahoma. And don't fuck with the Bobby Yaga. No. Good night, folks. <laughs>